verse 54. In the section before this uh, in Acts, um, we have a man called Stephen who has been presenting the, uh, uh, his understanding uh, of what's happened with uh, Jesus' uh, life, death, uh, resurrection, and ascension um, to people around him. And he's speaking just after that's happened, in the very early um, uh, months uh, of the Christian church. Uh, and he's been arrested, and he's been uh, uh, taken to a, um, uh, a council, which is called the Sanhedrin. And he's been presenting to them uh, what he understands about the gospel message. And we pick the, uh, the, the issue up, um, or the story up, the account up, on, at Acts uh, 7.54. It's headed the stoning of Stephen. You'll see it down there uh, towards the bottom right of page 1100. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him. They dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep, and Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word everywhere they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Wonderful. Good morning. My name is Stephen Dimitri. I'm the youth minister at Bishop Huntington Church. Great to see you this morning. And some of you on your way in will have received a delight, a little treat, a little red wrapped up fortune cookie. You, you can open that now if you've got one. There they are. Look at them. Beautiful, glistening. I'm going to open mine as well. Um, these things here, they apparently tell you your fortune, your future. So, so, so have a little look, have a read of what, what, what the future holds for you. So exciting. Oh, mine's in German. Um, it says, oh, here we go. Do that which your heart tells you. Interesting. Um, Matt, do you want to go around and ask some of the people who, who, what they've got in their little cookies? Anyone want to share with us? Who's got a little piece of paper? That'd be wonderful. Oh, no one. There we go. Go on, Abby. What does yours say? Believe that you can make it. Wow. Okay. Powerful stuff. Anyone else got, got, got one they want to share? Yeah, over there. The father's at the back. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it has happened. Okay. Deep. Um, I, I hope you can see that, 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 that this isn't really fortune telling or telling the future. This is a bit of like generic goodwill. Um, not very good stuff. Um, and actually, they taste a bit like cardboard with sugar on them, so they're not even that, that nice to eat. Um, but, anyway, so, so, but what we have here in Acts um, 7 and 
oh, wrong one. Acts 7 and 8 is a little glimpse into our future. Because um, from this moment on, every Christian life is shaped like what we see in Acts 7 and 8. And see, as we look into this future of the Christian life, from this moment on, we see that, well, it's not very nice. We see that Christians will be persecuted. And see, that word persecuted is a big, fancy, weighty word. It basically means people will make fun of Christians. People won't like Christians and might even cause Christians pain and hurt. See, as we look at Acts of the Night, that's what we see. We see Christians will be persecuted. Like, have a, have a little look at the man Stephen. Um, not me, there's another Stephen in the Bible. The guy I'm named after, what a legend he is. Um, but, but, but Stephen, he, he's like an average, normal Christian. 2,000 years ago, he lived on this earth, right? And he was a normal guy who loved Jesus and loved people. He cared for people, he looked out for them. He was a, he was a genuinely lovely, lovely chap, right? And he talked about Jesus too. And yet, people didn't like that. The, 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 these Jewish pe- leaders did not like Stephen. In fact, they started talking lies about him. They started up a crowd against him. They, they, they even got him arrested for something he didn't even do. And so Stephen is standing there on trial, as Philip was telling us, on trial for his life, and he gives this amazing speech in Acts 7 and 8. And look how he ends it in verse 52 on page 1100. Have a little look. He says, You have betrayed and murdered him. That's Jesus. You have betrayed and murdered Jesus. And now you have received the law that was given through angels but have not obeyed it. So Stephen starts saying these words to these people. And as they're listening, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a palace, Crystal Palace supporter walking to a group of Brighton supporters and shouting, come on, palace. Like, it doesn't go down well. In fact, in fact, it doesn't go down well at all. Have a little look how they respond. Because um, these responses, well, they're some of the responses that we might receive when we talk about Jesus in, in, in culture today. Have a little look at verse 54. Um, this is the first response. They were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. Like, they respond with exploding with anger. It's like they're saying to Stephen, I don't like what you're saying, so I'm not going to listen. What you've said offends me, so it can't be true. Have you heard that in culture today? That's the first response. Second response, um, they start in verse 57. At this, they covered their ears and yelling at their tops of their voices. They start shouting over him. The loudest voice must be the right voice. The most vocal group must be the right group. Have you heard that one? Or oh, oh, verse 57 again. Look what happens next. They, they, they rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. This is mob rule. This is saying, Stephen, you're in the minority. What you're saying can't be true. They're saying, no one believes that. So it's got to be lies. And see, we may have heard these in our families, in our homes, in our schools, or on TV about Christianity. The truth is, Christians, we persecuted. And we may not get stoned like Stephen here, but but what happens to us? We get the silent treatment. We get people shouting at us or hostile to us, or or, or we get blanked or ignored, or little snide comments here and there. Christians lose their jobs. Um, 
for me, I, I, I used to go to a, a small Baptist church in London, and there were 10 to 15 in our evening service, 10 people coming to our evening service. And, and so we decided to invite the local atheist group to come and join us, and atheists are those who don't believe in God. And so they came en masse, like 60 of them turned up at our little Baptist church, uh, and we're debating Christianity with them, and so my friend Simon was giving a talk, and during his talk, they were shouting at him, like during his talk, they were heckling him. And then we did little groups where we all got onto the table and had these atheists sitting around us. So there was me, 21-year-old Stephen, sitting there, like terrified, surrounded by these adults. And, and, and they got angry and started shouting at me. They called me homophobic. They uh, accused me of being brainwashed and brainwashing other people. But Christians, we persecuted. And we shouldn't be surprised when that happens to us. I don't know if you've seen Bear Grylls, but he, he's a legend. He, he uses this thing sometimes, a little flint and steel thing. Um, it's amazing. You, I bought one of these for my, for my brother the other day for Christmas, um, like years ago for his birthday. It's incredible. What you do, right? You, you get the little flint and steel, you get a little bu- a pile of wood, and you spark it. And then out of one little spark comes fire. It's like the best gift for a man. So if you're looking for a Christmas gift for, your, for a man in your house, get one of these things. But, 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 but look what happens. Because then, then suddenly like blazing fire comes out. And see Stephen's death here in Acts Seven is like a spark that causes a great raging fire of persecution. Because this vicious mob who had been whipped into, into furious rage by these Jews, they grab Stephen and they drag him outside the city and they stone him to death. They do something that's illegal that they can't even do. They haven't got the authority to do it and yet they do it. All because Stephen believed in Jesus. And have a look what happens in 8 verse 1. On that day, on the day of Stephen's death, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. Stephen's death sparks off this raging fire of persecution and violence against Christians. Christians, in verse 3, are dragged off out of their houses, men and women, through the streets and thrown in prison. Flames of violence rise. Christians will be persecuted. And the sad truth is, this is happening right now in our world. This same kind of treatment to Christians. Not here in Hove, but, but in our world. Um, Open Doors, they estimate that in 2016, over 215 million Christians were experiencing extreme levels of persecution. Christians in Nigeria are, are killed. In Pakistan, they're killed. Um, recently in Mexico and uh, in Colombia, pastors have been dragged out of their churches and killed. Christians in many countries, well, it's illegal to be a Christian, so you can't meet as a church. We can't do what we're doing right now. Christians will be persecuted. And so this is a reminder for us to pray for our brothers and sisters, other Christians throughout the world who are undergoing extreme persecution. So like in your homes, in your families, on your own quiet times, please do pray and why not use the Open Doors website? They've got great information and stats, what to pray for. But pray for our brothers and sisters. Pray that they can keep going with Jesus. Uh, and see, my, my thinking is that in the next few years, uh, we're going to see persecution increasing in this country too. We're going to see it harder and harder to be a Bible-believing Christian as our, ch- as our society moves further and further and further and further away from Jesus. 
And, and this all sounds quite hard, doesn't it? Quite a difficult, like you came for an encouraging sermon and you're hearing like Christians will be persecuted. It all sounds quite, quite, quite hard and gritty. You're saying Christians are going to be persecuted. The church is going to be pushed more and more and more to the margins. And it looks like bad news, right? But actually, as this bit of Acts tells us, the church historically thrives on the margins. The, 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 the church grows and flourishes on the margins. It's a bit like this plant here. This plant is incredible. This plant has a special superpower. It's a plant with a little, oh, amazing. This plant, oh, it's so good. Um, it's called the Baker's Glow Mallow plant. Lovely purple hue, and it's got a power. And so we're going to vote and see if we can work out what power it's got. Here are the options. Can this plant thrive underwater, thrive in deep space, thrive in deep snow, or thrive in fire? You've got five seconds to think of your answer. What do you think? And then I'll, we'll do a little hand up thing. So does the baker's glow mallow plant, does it thrive underwater? Hands up. A few, one, two. Uh, deep, deep space, anyone think it goes in deep space? Yeah. Again. Um, what about deep snow? Or fire? Yeah. Those who said fire, you're correct. See, see this plant, this plant, um, it, it, its seeds need the intense blaze to germinate, right? The, 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 the intense raging fire in, 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 North, in um, North California like, like sets off these seeds and brings life. Because after that, that, that blaze has gone by, these plants start blossoming. Or you can use your oven at 150 degrees Fahrenheit for two hours. But, but either still, like, like intense heat brings life and growth for this plant. And see, that plant is just like the church. Because Stephen's death in verse 8, verse 1, sparks off this huge, raging fire of persecution. So much so that a guy named Saul, have a look at verse 3. Saul turns up and Saul began to destroy the church. This guy goes round, dragging Christians out of, their, out of their houses. He's trying to crush the church, kill Christianity right here and now. And did he succeed? Did he destroy the church? No. No. Like, 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 like there were, there were 2.2 billion Christians and some in the world right now. Like, like, like Paul's pathetic efforts did nothing. He tried to squash the church and it exploded into life. Because Christians will be persecuted, yes. But we belong to a church that can never be crushed, never be destroyed, never be stopped. We belong to a church that will outlast persecution. Isn't that So, Christians will be persecuted, but take heart, because we belong to a church that will grow and grow, and nothing can stop it growing. Brilliant, we're back in Acts, Um, so page 1,100 in the Bibles, grab one of those, we'll need it. Um, And last last time we saw that Christians will be persecuted, and now we're going to see some things to remember during that persecution. Um, but I thought we'd start with gardening lesson two of the morning. Oh, so exciting. Um, anyone know what this thing, I, I, I tried to pick one this morning, but it kind of <laughs> didn't really work. If you can't see that, it, it, yeah, it's got a bend in the middle as well. Anyway, um, anyone know what this thing is? Dandelion. But do you know what you do with a dandelion? You blow on, like it's amazing. 
There we go. And it's incredible. Like you can spend hours of fun in the garden with dandelions. Um, Christmas present again, if you want ideas for Christmas 2018, get one of these for some, maybe. Anyway, but 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 like, have you thought about what you're doing with a dandelion? Because because when you blow on it, what are you doing? You're killing it. I mean, first you uproot it. That's not going to grow back again. Then, like a kick in the teeth, you blow the seed head apart, destroying it for good. Like, that's not going to grow. That's dead. <laughs> but, but as you blow on that seed head, thousands, hundreds of tiny little dandelion seeds explode out. And as they land, they grow and bring brand new life. It's amazing. Life comes out of the death of a dandelion. It's beautiful. And just like here in Acts. Because the church is like that dandelion, like this plant. Second plant it's being compared to today. Be excited. Because um, have a look at 8 verse 1 again. Remember, Stephen's being stoned. And look what happens in chapter 8 verse 1. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So as the Christians are being put in prison, they're being tortured, they're being beaten, they're being killed, some of them. And so they flee. And like, instinctively, we think that scattering is a bad thing. That they're like, as they flee, that's not good news for the church. We think that persecution should lead to the death of the church, don't we? But like the dandelion, scattering, it means the church grows. Scattering brings the growth of the church. And in fact, scattering is part of God's plan. Because and way back in Acts 1 verse 8, it's on the screen there for you to have a look at. Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus on, his earth, on the earth said, um, You will be my um, witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Have a look at Acts 8 verse 1. Have a little look there. Look at the places mentioned in Acts 8 verse 1 and compare them to ones on the board. We've got Jerusalem, we've got Judea, we've got Samaria. Like, it's awesome. Scattering is part of God's plan. The scattering of his people is an essential part of the gospel going out to the whole entire world. That's awesome. God's plan comes about as the church is scattered. And I wonder if you notice the kind of people who were scattered in Acts 8 verse 1. Look at them. Um, all except the apostles were scattered. So that's everyone except for the big, high, big, like, cheese Christian leader people. Like, all the average Christians are scattered. And look what they're doing in 8 verse 4. Those who have been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Because as persecution increases, and average normal Christians are being battered up by the society around them, well, they step up to the plate. They go and disperse and start talking about Jesus and the church starts growing and spreading. Um, Matt Chandler, you've got a quote on your sheet of, of what, what he said. Have a little look at it. Um, it's, it's beautiful because let me read the, the last bit of it. He said this, the church was made up of ordinary people who together unleashed the unstoppable multiplication of churches throughout the known world. Isn't that awesome? Like normal, average Christians going out. That's where growth happens. And so Christians will be persecuted, yes. But remember God's plan. Remember God's plan. It involves normal, scattered Christians talking about Jesus. Because that's what they do in verse 4. They, 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 they talk about him, preach the word wherever they go. 
and see God's plan involves normal scattered Christians. It involved them back then, and it involves normal scattered Christians right now as well. Because in this church, have a little look around us. Look, 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 look. we're an eclectic bunch. Like we're, we're, we're scattered to different jobs, uh, different parts of Brighton and Hove, different schools, different families. We've been scattered. And yet every single one of us here is part of God's plan to reach the nations with the good news of Jesus. You haven't got to be a vicar. You haven't got to be an adult. You haven't got to be a missionary. Like every single one of us is involved in God's plan. We've all got a mission field, a place where we can talk about Jesus like these guys here and there. So, so where has God scattered you to? Where has God placed you by his awesome right hand? And who could you tell about Jesus to there? Who could you talk about Jesus in that place you've been scattered to? See, Christians will be persecuted, so remember God's plan that he uses normal scattered Christians to spread the news of Jesus. And we even get an example of it. Philip. Have a look at him in verse 5. Philip. um, He's a guy who was caught up in in the persecution, and look what he did. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. He went to Samaria. Yeah. That's the place that all the Jews hated. That they looked down on those Samaritans. They thought them second-class citizens. They didn't have time for them at all. And yet Philip goes there and he talks about Jesus. Isn't that awesome? We can do that too. Like like in our classes at school um, or in work, that person that everyone just ignores and is bullied and teased, could you bring them to church? Could you bring them to Rooted or KO? Or that family down the road that, that, that's a little bit strange, a little bit weird. Could you invite them around for Sunday lunch? And you see what else Philip does in verse 8? Philip speaks and, and does some amazing things in verse 8. So there was great joy in that city. I love that. Like, 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 like Christians are joy bringers. That's how God uses scattered people, by talking about Jesus and bringing joy. Christians are joy bringers. So, so... Like bring joy where you go, at your work, uh, walking down the street, in the supermarket. Um, I, have, I have a little goal when I go to supermarkets. I try and make the checkout person laugh. Like, that's my aim at, at supermarkets. Cause, so I ignore the machines and go to, go to the person and try and say something stupid or do something stupid. Try and make them laugh to bring some joy in their life. Could you do that? Could you, could you um, maybe introduce Friday treat day at your work or your school where you bring in donuts for your friends? That'd be cool. Um, or, or, or could you... Could you do the, the unBritish thing of smiling at people while you're walking to work? Whoa. Bringing joy. Or say thank you when you get off the bus. Could you do that? See, um, Christians will be persecuted. So remember God's plan, that he uses normal, average Christians. And, and, and remember God's gift too. Um, we're going to watch a clip from a film called Space Jam, one of my all-time favorite films. It is amazing. And what, what's happening, it's halftime in an epic basketball match. Michael Jordan and his team of Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny and that lot, they're losing badly. They're facing, they're up against the odds. It's not looking good for them. And if they lose, well, the fate of the world is at stake. So here's what Michael does in his halftime speech. Yeah, listen, I didn't get dragged down here just to get my butt whipped by a bunch of ugly monsters. I ain't going out like that. We're letting them push us around. We gotta fight them back. We gotta take it to them. We gotta get right in their faces. And what do you say? Are you with me or not? 
finished? Uh, great speech and all, Doc. Uh, you had him riveted. But uh, didn't you forget something? What? Your secret stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You know, this goes against everything they taught me in health class. You want to win or not? Bottoms up. Yummy. All right. How about we go out and kick some alien butt, huh? Let's go. How about it, Amazing. Um, I lost my show because guess what? After that halftime um, um, secret stuff, stuff, they go out there and they start ripping it up and they win. It's like we're in the film team. It's amazing. Do watch it. But th they win because of that secret stuff that gave them courage to go out there and win. And see, Christians, we've been given a great gift by God. We're not scattered alone. Have a look at um, Acts 7 verse 55. Have a look at Stephen. This is how he could face his death with courage. Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. Christians, those who trust in Jesus, have been given the Holy Spirit by God. And the Holy Spirit, he's not someone weird or scary. He is someone awesome. It's the living God inside us. He's a living God working inside us to make us more like Jesus, to help us talk about Jesus, help us to know Jesus better. See, remember God's gift. We have not been scattered alone. We have the living God inside us and with us. So Christians will be persecuted, so remember God's plan, remember God's gift, and thirdly, remember God's power. This whole persecution begins with Stephen being stoned. But have a look at Acts 7, verse 58. There's a man named Saul there. Uh, Acts 8, verse 1, a man named Saul appears. Acts 8, verse 3, Saul appears again. See, this guy Saul is like the shadowy puppet master, like controlling things behind the scenes. And he is a nasty piece of work. See, he's the one who's responsible for Stephen's death. He, he's the one who starts dragging Christians out of their house. He's the one who tries to crush and destroy the church. He is a nasty piece of work. An enemy of God's people. And if ever there was someone who looked like they were far from God, it was Paul. It was Saul. If ever there was someone who looked like they were never, ever, ever come to know Jesus, it was this guy Saul. And yet, if you know your Bibles, you'll know that the next chapter in Acts verse 9, this guy Saul meets the living Jesus. And Jesus changes his life. Saul becomes Paul. The church destroyer becomes the church builder. The, the, one, the persecutor becomes the persecuted. The, 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 the death bringer becomes the life speaker. God can save anyone. Anyone. No one is above God's power or beyond his reach. So in your life, there might be someone that you're thinking of who, who hates Christian stuff, who hates Christianity. 
do not give up on that person. Or someone who, who just seems too far gone, don't stop praying for that person. Remember God's power. He can save anyone. So Christians will be persecuted. Remember God's, God's plan, uh, God's gift, and God's power. And lastly, remember God's cross. This is the most important thing to remember. This is, this is, this is what Stephen was focused on as he was being stoned. Because did you notice how similar Stephen's death was to Jesus's? Did, did you notice it? Because Stephen, um, well, he was framed for talking about the temple like Jesus was. Stephen, um, he was taken outside the city to be killed like Jesus was. Stephen, um, um, like, he, he, was, he was at the mercy of a mob, of riled up, angry mob, just like Jesus was. Stephen, with his last words, shouts out, Lord, receive my spirit, just like Jesus did. Stephen, he says, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Like Jesus shouting out, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. See, Stephen could be courageous in the face of great persecution and even his own death because of Jesus. I mean, look at Acts 7, verse 56. What's he looking at right there? He sees heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. He is looking at Jesus. Jesus, the one who's gone before us. And that's how Stephen could die in peace. By Acts 8, 7, verse 16. And so we, when we're facing persecution, remember God's cross. Remember that Jesus Christ, God's son, came to this earth and walked on this earth and then died a horrible, brutal, horrific death. And on the cross, it looked like that God's plan had failed, that it was over. Yet on that day of greatest darkness, of greatest and most acute persecution and most horrible pain, on that day was a day of God's greatest triumph where God defeated sin and death once for all. The cross is the great reminder that God's purposes cannot be thwarted, that God's plans cannot be stopped, even by death. The cross is the reminder that our God is a life and death God. And so Christians will be persecuted so remember, remember God's plan, remember God's gift, remember God's power, and remember God's cross. And take courage, because the church will grow. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you're a life and death God. And you've shown it with Jesus. And you show it in little ways, as the church was going to be crushed and destroyed back then, you made it explode and flourish, and it still explodes and flourishes today. Help us in the face of increasing persecution in this country and across the world, Father, help us to cling to the cross, to remember those things you've given us, remember that we are scattered people, and help us to talk about Jesus where we go, remembering that our Lord and Savior, Jesus, has gone before us.